Louise McSharry on 2FM. NHS surgical doctor Joshua Walrich joined Instagram for support and information to help on his own weight loss journey. However, then he started to challenge weight stigma and diet culture and now shares information with his hundreds of thousands of followers to shoot down bad nutritional advice and fad diet misinformation. His new book, Food Isn't Medicine, Challenge Nutribolics and Escape the Diet Trap, in which he debunks common food myths and sets out his philosophy around weight and health is out now. And I'm so happy to talk to you today. Um, So, Josh, I was telling you uh, just before we started that I've been following you for years. Um, So I'm very familiar with you. But for people who aren't, Mm. tell us a little bit about how you came to write a book like this uh how long have you got um, <laughs> first off hello thank you for having me on um uh yeah it, it it's a it's been a bit of an interesting journey uh, and i've i've quite enjoyed writing out in 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 the book food isn't medicine as well actually i quite enjoyed writing out this kind of pathway so i i graduated medical school um i would have classified as obese on the bmi scale at the time and i had believed a lot of the stuff that i had heard about people that were of a larger size mm. um the, the, the kind of technical term for that would be that I had internalized the weight stigma that I'd experienced. I believed the stereotyping. I believed the discrimination. It was just easier on my psyche to start believing that kind of stuff. Mm. It wasn't deliberate, but subconscious. And I left medical school believing that I, I literally couldn't be a good doctor unless I lost weight. Mm. And it was this very odd mindset for me. Um, but I ended up going on Instagram and using that platform to document my what I classed as my weight loss journey. Mm. Um, let's be honest, it's what most of Instagram is for. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought that it was a good idea at the time to use elements of shame and guilt to essentially keep myself accountable, mm. which for many people listening would probably sound very, very, would probably resonant, sound very mm-hmm. familiar. Um, but I didn't see the harm in it at that point. I just thought that's fine. I'll post a picture, a picture of a biscuit if I eat one and my friends can tell me off and then I won't eat it anymore. And it was this weird mindset that I had mm. and ended up coming across people who were talking about this stuff in a different way. And I couldn't ignore it. I realized that there was something to what they were saying when they were talking about people's relationship with food, when they were talking about the complex nature of weight and health and how it wasn't so clear cut that, that I used to think it was. Mm. Um, I didn't necessarily agree with them at the time, but I thought I, I'm, if I don't in, investigate this, I'm doing my patients a disservice. And it took me down a journey of, I don't know whether you were following me at the time, but a journey over about six months to a year of talking about food in a different way and starting to actually get a much bigger picture of health and and ending up believing that I really I should be practicing health healthcare and medicine in a weight inclusive manner which is not how healthcare is taught we're taught that our health is defined by our weight yeah. and that's the number one thing we should always be asking about we should always be trying to in quote treat trying to reduce right the whole our whole lives is about trying to be thin the vast majority of the time Mm. whereas weight inclusivity and weight inclusive healthcare is about actually focusing on health promoting behaviors actually focusing on health weight loss is not a health promoting behavior might Mm. sound scary but it's not (laughs) exercise is sleep is social connection is focusing on vegetables if you've got the, the privilege and the capacity to do so is but we only see those things as successes if they lead to weight loss. And it's a real shame and it does them a real disservice. Um, so yeah, I'm now a kind of a, a, an unintended influencer, mm-hmm. but I really enjoyed the chance to, to kind of flesh out these topics in the form of a book. It was wonderful. And it, it, it's kind of become my, 
my campaign in a sense to to push back on those underlying messages that food can cure you if you just find the right diet yeah um, whether that's cure cure you of your weight cure you of your chronic disease both of them are so interlinked which is why i talk about both in the book yeah and i definitely want to talk about that because obviously the book is called food isn't medicine and that you know particular mm-hmm. aspect is something i want to get into but first you mentioned there you know coming across these ideas that were so contradictory to everything that you'd learned about weight. And I think that that's something that everyone experiences. Everyone who who discovers this way of thinking or the research that contradicts the way that we're all raised to think about weight, which is that too much weight is bad and fat people cannot be healthy. Um, and as I always say on the show, you know, I use fat as a neutral descriptor. I'm talking about myself mm. here. Um, it's very important to me that I take back the power of that word. And um, so if you're listening for the first time, you might be kind of bulking a little bit at that, but just to let you in there. Um, but I think particularly, you know, if you are a fat person, if you've spent your whole life hating yourself or feeling like your body is a problem to be solved, to come mm. across a different way of thinking is jarring at first and you know hard to come to terms with and it can be a little bit frightening because it really challenges everything doesn't it about the way that we judge people and the way that our society works yeah it's it can be frightening it, uh, it's and it's something we don't necessarily want to accept even though in the long term we would love it to be true um we find it very hard to accept it or to look into it at the beginning because it means we not only need to change how we are treating ourselves um, but it also means that we kind of need to accept that what we've been doing for so long has has actually been harming things. Mm. And for me, I've, I, I had the, the the extra difficulty of going, well, I'm going to need to admit that I've been treating my patients badly yeah. as well, which was which was horrible. And I don't I don't enjoy the fact that I every so often I still remember episodes in the hospital where I would say certain things and and stigmatize people for their weight just because it, it, I thought that was what I should be doing. Like, it was weird. I I can boil it down to the fact that I believed that weight and weight loss and health were personal responsibilities. Mm. And I believed that everybody had the power to change their health. Everyone had the power to change their weight. And that's simply nonsense. Um, that's not a, uh, there might be people listening to that and going, oh, hang on, well, but, but I want the, that, that seems very bad. Like I shouldn't, that doesn't seem like a good thing. It's actually, yeah, yeah, it is. Like once we realize this stuff in context, like we have some ability to impact our life and our health and that's great. And we can, we can definitely strive to be doing that, but we need to understand sometimes just how little impact we, some, we, we actually have. And the main thing that's going to determine how healthy we are, how long we live is where we're born. We have no control over that. Hmm. We can do other things. And I, th- this book doesn't, um, doesn't disregard the fact that food can be really important, um, but it puts it in context. And I think it leads to a much less stressful way of eating and a much better relationship with food rather than one that is just always so obsessed with either trying to be thinner um, or trying to be the healthiest possible. And it just gets so tiring. Mm. We can do that in a better way. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, you mentioned earlier the the kind of things that you might do to which which are classified by many people as weight loss behaviors and I'll give myself mm. as an example I've had a, an appalling relationship with exercise for my entire life something that I've been working on healing this year actually and um, because for me exercise was a punishment it was a thing that I had to do because I was fat and if I mm. just did enough exercise I wouldn't be fat anymore and I would have punished myself enough and I would have healed myself and so it was you know every, I hated it so much I resisted 
resented yeah. it, every single bit of it. And because that was the narrative that I had kind of internalized and, you know, I didn't pull it out of it nowhere. That's the narrative that we're fed. It never, I never thought about the fact that there were so many benefits to exercising that have nothing to do with your weight or weight loss. And, and so in categorizing things like exercise as an example for weight loss, it's actually working against our health as a general population, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's such a shame, um, and we we can draw parallels with that to food as well. But to 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 touch on the weight loss thing, for, uh, the the exercise thing first, definitely exercise is so good for us, mm. and I think it's such a shame that people have this that they, they have it linked to weight loss, and it's only useful if it results in weight loss. Mm. And once that particular exercise plan is no longer resulting in weight loss, that exercise plan is pointless, and we move on to something different. Yeah. And we don't learn to enjoy movement. We don't learn to enjoy the exercise, find something that we love, find a sport that we enjoy, actually enjoy walking. Like I think people have realized that over the last year during the pandemic that mm. some people really enjoy walking and they yeah. realized it was instead of it being about weight loss, for some people it was just about getting out of the house. And that change and shift of like, this is the reason why we're doing it now mm. has removed a lot of that power and that fear and that guilt. And it's wonderful to see, mm. but we do the same thing with food. I, yeah. I never really had any real respect for vegetables. I, yeah. I didn't have any respect for them. They were just something that I could use and manipulate to try and make me full. And it wouldn't go over my calorie allowance on my fitness pal app. And it was, yeah. it was really problematic. And it was such a shame because they're so good for us. Mm. And I remember that time when my mindset started to shift and I started to actually see vegetables as actually, you know, I kind of, I want more veg because it is making me feel better. Mm. That context was so important mm. and it was so, it was so beneficial to me and to my health full stop, mm. way more beneficial than it ever had been in the past. Mm. And it's one of the things when I, when I see people go, what do you mean food isn't medicine? what but food is so important or can be so important I'm like yeah i'm not denying that but just try it try 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 the mindset change and it, it's just oh, i guarantee it is so much better so um when we when you say try the mindset change what's the new mindset then if it's not it's, food is medicine and we are what we eat yeah um well it's not it's food is food medicine is medicine they are both wonderful <laughs> They are both very important for our lives. Um, the thing with food is that we, I think we don't really give enough credit to the fact that our relationship with food is incredibly important. Mm. And you're not going to fix your relationship with food by shopping at Whole Foods and buying kale. Mm. That's not going to do it. Um, and you can eat in quote unquote, the healthiest diet, you know, imaginable, but your relationship with food can still be absolutely screwed up. Mm. Um, and so there is so much more to health than simply the nutrients you put inside your body. Mm. So if we can change our mindset where we are um, also a bit more intuitive with our eating, where we start respecting our hunger, respecting our fullness, start actually uncoupling the feeling of food has to be about weight loss, mm. start uncoupling the fact that food is going to prevent us from becoming unwell rather than just food as a part of our lives that can help us to stay healthy but isn't going to prevent anything necessarily it it, it has i mean it's difficult to describe and mm. that's the reason i wrote 300 pages yeah. of the book about it. <laughs> i get that but this is a, but i know it's my responsibility to try and describe it so that's not a cop out um but it is it is just it's such a relief it's mm. such it's something that just gives you so much relaxation mm. there are so many people so many people walking around with so much stress around their food choices whether or not they realize it 
it was something I didn't necessarily realize until I started admitting it to myself and going, actually, this is not fun. Mm. It, it's the whole thing of to to start dealing with uh, to start dealing with alcoholism. You have to first admit you're an alcoholic. Mm. And I think some of this stuff is to start dealing with our relationship with food. We need to admit that it's not perfect, mm. and we need to start identifying it's not perfect, and changing our mindset around how we view food and the context around that, especially in relation to our weight and our size is I believe one of the first steps, mm. including also debunking all of the nonsense because it just it muddies the water. Yeah, well, I was just going to say that because this conversation, in my opinion, has never been more necessary because there are so many people on the internet under the umbrella of wellness telling us what's good and what's bad. And I mean, as I keep saying mm. on this show, the categorization of food is in that way is not a good thing. But telling us, you know, this is the new superfood. And if you eat this, you'll be healthy. And, you know, even to the extent and you write about this in the book about you know people talking about food curing cancer and let me tell you as someone who had cancer that gets me really riled up because you know we're talking about literal lies um and and they have such a serious impact on people it's yeah it, the, the, the cancer one is one of the ones that makes me the most angry as well yeah. um and and we we see it i mean i see it in the hospital i, I i'm currently on a year out to study uh, for a nutrition masters but when i was in the hospital last year even even during the pandemic i would see people coming in who had decided to make certain choices because of things they'd read or seen online um and also with my work on social media i get messages on a daily basis some of them very quite horrifying about the stuff that people have believed and it's not their fault mm. like it's not you know anyone listening it's not your fault you're not to blame for believing some of this stuff i just i want to empower you to be able to ignore it mm. um because it, it it is so entwined with our feelings around our health and our feelings around our body and our feelings around food um and it plays on our fear. Mm. We don't want to believe that we're not in control. We don't want to believe that we can't fix our health. And something like cancer, which often doesn't have a brilliant um, treatment plan necessarily. It's not something that is, you know, chemotherapy is horrible, yeah. but it's necessary mm -hmm. a lot of the time. And that's the only reason we would give it. That's, as I always but, call it, life-saving poison. <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. And it's, but but people play on that yeah. people play on that that fear and that that kind of horribleness to then sell you something that simply isn't true mm. um and not only does it give you false hope which is which is horrible in and of itself and makes me angry but there are lots of people who will then choose to just do that and without beating around the bush people die like this mm. isn't this isn't a joke mm. um and the 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 food is medicine rhetoric plays mm. into that big time mm. and if we stopped saying that if we stopped believing that as as those three words if we stopped believing that was true we'd have a much easier job of being able to filter out some of the nonsense because mm. we'd have a much better understanding of the context around what food can do mm. um, and how good it can be but it's not going to cure something like that. It just simply isn't true. So if someone's listening and what we're talking about is kind of challenging some of their ideals for the first time, um, and obviously they can buy your book and that would be a great way to enlighten themselves on on some of these topics. But, you know, if someone's thinking about the way that they consume social media and the people that they follow, and maybe some of them are talking about food as medicine, how... Mm -hmm can you decipher who to listen to and who not to listen to? And I say this 
taking into consideration the fact that unfortunately there are people within the medical professional who haven't necessarily evolved to say the way of thinking that you're presenting? Yeah, um, that's a hard question. <laughs> and the, <laughs> the difficulty with that one is that it changes all the time, right? Mm. People will find new ways. People will often disguise the the advice they're giving in this blanket of wellness that seems like, oh, that seems okay. Mm. Um, I've written in the last chapter of, of my book a, a couple of kind of key points that I think are really helpful. One of them, I think, is just looking at whether or not they treat food as medicine, whether they use the phrase food as medicine, whether they talk about food curing, mm-hmm. whether they talk about it in a way that that you could just you can just tell. And even if you don't know whether or not the specifics around what they're saying is true, it's often a good idea to get out of there mm-hmm. because there is a lot of nonsense that comes with that that train of thinking and that and that line of thought mm. the, the second one i would say is just in regards to the way that they talk about weight um it's it becomes very easy once you start paying attention to it to notice that there are lots of people who treat weight as a personal responsibility that it is your responsibility to fix there's lots of people that talk about weight as something that has no nuance and what i mean by that is they talk about weight defining your health Weight can have an impact on it, but it's not a. De- it, it doesn't define it. And if people are talking about it in that way and saying, "This is my new weight loss plan. This is how to get rid of it. You will improve your health. It's really easy. You just need to do this." Again, go the other way because mm. there's so much stuff left out of that conversation, and that kind of conversation causes a lot of harm as well. It's so also I think those two things yeah, are probably the biggest. It's also just wild because like, let me tell you, as a lifelong fat person, if it was easy for me to be thin, I would be thin because my life would be so much easier because the world is not built for me and the culture mm-hmm. that I live in does not respect me and my body. So if I could take a magic tablet or do something easily and I could wake up in six months and be thin and be healthy and happy and evolved, I would do that. And I have tried, you know, I've given up to the trying now, but I have tried. Um, mm. So if it was easy, we would all be doing it. I mean, it's just that simple. Look, I, I could talk to you all day, um, but unfortunately, this show is only two hours long. <laughs> um, so I just want to say a huge thank you for coming on and chatting to me today. The book is Food Isn't Medicine, Challenge Nutribolics and Escape the Diet Trap. It is Dr. Joshua Woolrich. And um, I can't recommend following uh, Josh as well on Instagram enough because um, you'll get a lot of no nonsense straight talking around all of this stuff which is what i absolutely love to hear thank you so much thank you for having me louise mcsherry on 2fm